Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio with Nancy and Lisa. Every third Thursday, we get to chat with Lee Brovadani. She is known as the Trust Architect. She's a speaker, a workshop facilitator on trust, and she's recognized as a top thought leader on trust by the organization Trust Across America. And she's also the author of two books, and she's part of other books too. Uh, but check these out Trust Me, Restore Belief and Confidence in an Uncertain World and trusted secret lessons from an inspired leader. You can learn all about it. Just go to thetrustarchitect.biz. Like I said, Lee is here every third Thursday, so you can also read her articles and catch up on previous podcasts on blendradioandtv.com. Today's show, we're talking about building a legacy of trust in a business and Mm -hmm. as a business leader. And this is the second part of last month's interview, we talked about living a life uh, that leaves a legacy of trust. But then what about the professional side? Uh, What about your career being a leader? And what about if you're a business owner and in management? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And Lee's article about that is on blendradioandtv.com. Whew, mouthful. So welcome back, one. (laughs) Thank you. And since I was here last time, as you both know, I have a new puppy. Um, Ah. Bella Scotia is a standard poodle and she's 13 weeks old and sometimes she's called Hellabella or mm-hmm. other other names that I won't mention on the radio but mm. <laughs> you know the reason I bring her up is that I see the same things playing out leading my new puppy as I see leaders and what they have to do so she's she's doing really well she's already after only having her for a week she sleeps through the night and she's not making a mess during the night and part of that is we're very consistent and so Mm. just like leaders have to be consistent you can't say everything's okay one day and things aren't okay the next day which is as confusing for staff as it is for a new puppy I'm not something and not punishing them for things you know and, and here's what happens as a leader just like it happens with my puppy if I punish them every time a mistake is made then they just hide it and so Mm. if you punish your puppy for peeing in a house (laughs) then what they do is they still if they have to go they have to go but they hide it from you and there's Mm. nothing worse than finding three-day-old pee in a corner same thing with leaders you don't want to have they also pee in a corner yeah, you don't want your staff hiding mistakes, so it's it becomes a smelly mess later. That's just such a good metaphor. I know, really. But, you know, also when you think about it, you know, oh, where we are, you know, we pet sit as we travel the country. And right now we're taking care of two two labs that are awesome. But one mm-hmm. is, you know, stick crazy. And, he, you know, and there's another dog wants to jump out into the front yard and play. And the lady, the pet parent mm. says, listen, um, if she does bolt, which she did, 
yesterday because she saw another dog. She's like, oh, I want to go play next door. And she does. And this happens because they, they are used to playing in the front yard together. So it's normal. She says, if they run and don't come home and they come to come home, I do not yell or punish them. I give them rewards and treats for coming home so that mm-hmm. they know, come home, don't be nervous, come home. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, oh, yippee yay yay And as soon as mm-hmm. I held up a treat, uh, not the treat, the um, mm-hmm. a stick, well, then Hazel's like, I'm coming home. She's got a stick. Let's play. So, and then she's, he gave her a treat. A, she's a stubborn little doggy. But there's something about, <laughs> yeah, not um, punishing each time because then we talk about a legacy. Do you want to be left yeah. as the, the business owner or business leader who just like punished everybody eventually you're not going to even have a staff at that point in fact exactly yeah yeah and you know there's the whole thing um there's an exercise that i've done when i've done leadership conferences and it's around trust and it's reward and and punishment and it's that do you remember the game where if you're getting closer you say hot hot potato cold potato mm-hmm. that type of thing well i've done the exercise where i've had three people leave the room and had just something simple. So it could be something as simple as picking up a cup and putting it on the stage. And if you only praise people, you'll get a lot of wonderful action, but you're not gonna get what you want. So I've had people who've come in and as soon as they come in, everybody cheers everything they do. Well, pretty soon they're tap dancing or singing a song and everybody's cheering, but that's not what you wanted them to do. Yeah. The second one, everything they do they're booed and pretty soon you've just got this really angry person who's you know we've had Mm -hmm. people who have said you guys suck and started yelling and the third time if they're going towards the stage you cheer and if they're going away you boo and within I've had it as fast as 15 seconds had someone do the task that you wanted them to do Mm-hmm. Oh. So with leadership, if you want to leave a legacy, there's things that you can do. Don't always punish. Don't always reward. Make sure that you're rewarding the behavior that you want. And, you know, it's they're, they're not puppies. They're, they're people you can have a conversation with them. So it's a, mm-hmm. at a lot higher level. Yeah, obviously. But make sure mm-hmm. that like your legacy is helping coach them mm-hmm. to excellence. And, exactly. you know, honestly, if, if, you, mm. if you want to think back, just take like 10 seconds to think about the best leader you've ever worked for. I would mm. say that you would, you would always say, or I'd be surprised if you didn't, I knew I could trust them. Mm. You know, one thing that I see in companies, at least the companies that I used to work for, was they would put you in a position that you weren't fully trained for. And and you'd say, well, I really don't know about this side of running this office. I know about this side because I scaled up on that side, but I don't know about this side. And I go, oh, we'll get to that later. Um, And I'm like, oh, okay. But they never got to later. And so you, on one side of the office is happy, the other side of the office is not that happy because they know that you don't know. And how can you lead if you don't know as much as the people you're leading? You know, so it went beyond like um, book knowledge to character knowledge 
and people. So I learned really fast within like the first day. I had to go to the, the opposite side and say, I don't know about this. Can you help me? Can you show me about this? I want to know. And then tell me the good parts and the bad parts, what you think should change and what you like. Mm-hmm. And it took me three days. And then the top management was like, what the heck are you doing? You're wasting your time. I'm like, I don't think I am, you know, because now I know more than what you've taught me. And I see a ton of mistakes. And so then I go back to the side I did know and do the same exercise. So nobody felt, you know, favoritism or left out and all that stuff, like the playground at school. (laughs) And I put up a report together. And when I sent the report in, the first guy who looked at it said, nobody asked you for this report. I hope you don't expect to be paid for it. That sounds like words. <laughs> this, the, the next group of people said, oh, this is awesome. Because, yes, we could change this. We can't change this yet, but we can work on it. We can change this over here. And then the two sides could, like it was the sales department and the admin department hated each mm. other. We could get As usual. The, yeah, because it's it's the, I almost wanted to say the way they're raised. It's the how, how an office sometimes works depending on the management. If you divide up, these are the money makers, and these are your secretaries, kind of attitude. Yes, That's gross. They hate each other. Well, then they hate each other. If you say these are the people who bring in the funds, and these are the people who back you up and make the systems work so you can, now you got something. But it took me, oh, gosh, two years to get that office straightened out two whole years of learning myself because I didn't know and to learning how to say things in the right way to not get thought down every time I talk to someone like oh it's this person I gotta say it this way it's this person over here I gotta say it that way but it was exhausting and I wish there was a way that you could say something to everyone without it being like that well, now it's really worse in this world. <laughs> you can't say anything. <laughs> I, I think there's a show coming up when I, I think I was politically incorrect. Shocking. But but yeah, Lee, what about this? I mean, because that is kind of an interesting thing because you have that in offices where there's different departments doing oh, different boy. things, but you need all the departments to work cohesively. Yeah, you And when, when you come to a legacy, how everybody is connected and as a leader you've got to connect them to make it work you know, it kind of and I, goes I, back I think to, there's yeah. yeah there's three parts to it the first is um the onboarding part where you're when you are starting something and getting people together and saying I want to find out more about you and how you work and I want to tell you how I work now if I ask you a lot of questions it's not because and I've, I've talked to leaders who have done this. They've actually said to their staff, I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions, not because I don't trust you, because I know you know how to do the business, 
but I'm curious and I need to understand it as well. So mm -hmm. never feel like I'm checking up on you. So they had to preface that because they had experienced, mm -hmm. you know, that when they would question people, they felt like they were not being trusted or that they right. were second guessing or they were checking up mm -hmm. on them. So if you let them know, this is why I'm doing it. And then mm -hmm. secondly, I'm, I am going to communicate in this way so that they know it. And having a conversation with all of them and saying, how do you like to be told something? Do you want to know beforehand? You, you know, because everybody's different. Mm -hmm. If you've got a large staff, that's problematic. Because yeah. if you've got, you know, if you're, I've, I've managed offices where I had 140 people. Yeah, and exactly try and get a bit of an overview of what the people are like. But honestly, with the, the staff and they were coming and going, I didn't know each one of them personally. What hmm. you hoped and what I hoped with the staff that I had is that people would say, if she has a problem with you, she'll come to you directly. Yeah, don't worry about that. So you want to have a bit of a viral, you know, right now on with all this stuff that's happening, social media, and I'm not the one who came up with this is anything but social. Right. But what you can do is make sure that if you're communicating, there's consistency. And so people know what to expect, good, bad, or indifferent, they know what to expect. Mm. I think consistency is key is that so that would be part of leaving a legacy is being consistent yeah, yeah. in your behavior unless you're being an idiot then and you don't want to be consistent beforehand what is yeah absolutely decide <laughs> what is the legacy you want to leave you mm. know most people don't take the moment to say okay when I leave this what do I want people to say about me and that's part of your reputation but your reputation is going to help you with your legacy Mm. And your business. Mm. I mean, yeah. if you start a small business, uh, you know, majority, you know, there's the small home base, smaller businesses, um, solo entrepreneurs and everything. But even then they use, you know, virtual assistants and there's other people, whether you're working with employees or contractors, mm. it's still a legacy that you, what did your company do? And do you want your company to be remembered as like a that was a terrible restaurant. I'm glad the guy's dead. Or do you oh. remember? Well, I'm just being straight up. I mean, that's my legacy is I'm consistently straight up and say things I should. Well. But but no, or do you re want to remember, man, that was the best mm -hmm. restaurant ever. And then, you know, that means somebody, if that person say it was one owner and a few staff, I, I, I actually have a really good example now that I'm talking about that. There was a there's a lady we interviewed um, on one of the destinations. This amazing Portuguese bakery, and she was very mm. shy. But once she realized Nancy and I were interested in her background, interested in her baked goods, mm. interested in just she came from the Azores, and she mm. told us her immigrant story of coming to this country, mm -hmm. living in New York, meeting her husband who turned out to be from an island across from her. They didn't know, but they met here. And, you know, here's this romance. Then they moved to where they were in Central California, opened this little bakery. And all the and, and Central California has a huge Portuguese population that came in and do a lot of the agriculture. And um, mm -hmm. we've got a lot of Portuguese friends there, too. And and so one took us there and this the, the mm -hmm. soccer group gets together and has coffee in the morning there and 
organizes their games and their fundraising. And so it's very much a neighborhood little coffee shop bakery. Mm -hmm. And then she gave us lessons on Portuguese coffee versus American. And no, now you need to taste this. And next thing you know, like we're walking out of there with like a carload of deliciousness. But she wasn't like someone who wanted to be interviewed or anything. But then I said, come on, she's very shy. She's very shy. So she she let me record an interview with her. We went out in the parking lot uh, and she did this interview telling their story, talking about the heritage, talking about this biscuit versus that. And Mm. it was one of those um, like Anthony Bourdain would have been proud of this one. He would have there's certain interviews we go. That was a Bourdain and that would have been he would have liked her. Well, mm-hmm. it wasn't even six months later, she passed away. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, it sucked. It, it sucked because yeah, she was just a vibrant soul, but she was going through health problems. And so, yeah. and, and it was, she had created this community gathering spot. So it wasn't just, and her authenticity of, of Portuguese goods. And she had a little store too. So we went through like, this is Portuguese soda. This is the, you know, so it was like walking into not, Cheers. Yeah, like yeah. On the so, TV program so, is like, hey, you know, but she was this like, one woman. Everybody. Yeah, cool. everybody knew each other. Everybody, mm-hmm. and it was this cornerstone for the community to gather, especially for the Portuguese community, but for everyone, right? And so, it, and and very family oriented. The family just was devastated. That was big. And so I re featured her interview and, and sent it off to our friend Donette. And I swear to God to this day, it's still one of the most highest listened to interviews. Mm-hmm. And because of her legacy, it wasn't mm-hmm. very long. Everybody thought the whole thing is done. It's over with her. Because mm-hmm. of her legacy of what she created, of just being this warm, kind human being, it wasn't even about um becoming really rich that wasn't who she was it was yeah we want to survive pay our bills you know make a living go on a vacation once in a while because of that someone came in and next thing you know within six months of her passing i'm actually going to say three months that cafe opened up again with a new owner and the tradition gets to continue on now she was not her she was not marie that could have just been oh yeah there was a nice bakery the woman died it closed that's it but if Mm -hmm. it went beyond her product it was about her and the way she treated people and made them feel legacy she left yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so that's that's when i talk about the restaurant that goes that was a good actually yeah she was awesome and i still feel sad legacy that's a good legacy to have yeah, sweet lady, I'll send you the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, it, when you think of legacy, I, I always think of a positive legacy. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think of the worst person I ever worked for. And oh. he was he was a bully. And so his legacy, his building, um, you know, and this is when I lived in Nova Scotia. And, and I went by to see if the business was still was still going and not a surprise it wasn't he had gone bankrupt Mm -hmm. and part of it was that I I believe that um the reputation that he had as being a bully and not treating his staff very well and taking advantage of them Mm -hmm. eventually trickled down to his business as well so he couldn't sustain having good employees and his reputation 
was that of a bully and you know not a surprise it didn't translate into good business practices and no. there was a lot of stories that got out that made him look pretty pretty awful as from from an ethics point mm. of view and and all it came down to if I would have said what is the legacy you want to leave he would have talked about having the successful business to leave for his kids and everything in order to do that you really have to give some thought into if this is the legacy I want to leave how do I have to walk through this world mm -hmm. how do I have to have business practices how do I have to treat my staff in order to have the legacy that I want yeah so you know you um your your reputation mm. is what people are saying about you behind your back mm -hmm. and you do want to know that that has an impact on your legacy mm -hmm. yeah. you know and and I I would bet that what people are saying, you know, they would say, Lisa's a straight shooter. She'll, she's kind, but she, she tells people exactly what she thinks. And if she doesn't agree, you never have to guess. She'll go, oh, I what? get that from Nancy. <laughs> really? It was a donation from her. Yeah, you know, and, and like Nancy, when I think of you, I think mm -hmm. of this adventurous person mm -hmm. who Thank you. <laughs> was, was brave enough to take a small toddler across the ocean and has this enormous talent. So for those of you who don't know about Nancy, you know, she's, she's a fabulous artist and she has all kinds of different businesses that she has started and, you know, it just goes on and on. So I don't know if that's the legacy that you want to, to leave, but that is part of your legacy. Mm -hmm. And it's because of what you have, what you have done. And yes. Lisa, the two of you together have this very successful business and look at how you've had an impact on people across the country. By look at you. Look at you. You've got an impact. I mean, mm -hmm. your legacy, you've helped companies, individuals, you know, with what you do. And now you're helping mm -hmm. people go to their next stage of life, too, as a soul journey doula. Mm -hmm. I think that's like the epitome of trust is to trust someone for your last journey and yeah, knowing because yeah. you don't have a redo on that one. Oh, well, maybe you do. Yeah. I hope so. Like, well, I hope I get to go. Well, I don't know. I want to be a ghost, but you know it. But there's that. I think that is. You could work for the White House. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, don't start that. Um, but 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 there's something with that, in, in like what you're doing with your books, like how many people know you from your books that you don't know know you. You know what I mean? Like no. You know, it's like when we once we used to um, do our band rehearsal at one at this one musician's house. Oh gosh! And he lived off of a highway, <laughs> but you could barely t see that his house. He was up over a hill, so you could, after rehearsal, go out and uh, look down and go look at all those cars. And you know, mm. he was a little whacked off, but he would go yeah, really. There's so many people coming my my house every single day, and I don't even know them, and they don't know me, but they come by every day. I'm like, I know, okay. but anyway, it was a, you know, band stories are weird, but that's the same thing as having a book out there. How many people you've got two books have resonated mm -hmm. and, and been changed and, you know, the books will live on forever, you know, get passed down to other people 
you know. Mm-hmm. And they'll still be finding typos, even though I've gone through them a thousand times. And if listen, if they find the typos, then they're just being oh, anal. I'm just saying. No but, no, but it's it's interesting because when you find a couple of typos, then you're like, oh, um, on the one hand, that makes the person human. On the other hand, it's like, well, you know, her editors suck. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of depending on what you think the book industry is like mm-hmm. and what it's like at your time. You know, Honestly, yeah, like, before a book is put into print, I mean, mm-hmm. I've gone through it without a word of a lie over a hundred times. And then um, I've had friends who've gone through it a number of times. And then I've had professional, um, like I've had the professionals go through it and check for grammar and, and, and typos and then an editor. So it goes through like so many steps. And then when it's, and I have this eye for finding mistakes. And so I'll read my books again and I'll, I'll find a, find a mistake. That has not but that well, you should be with that with the magazine and it's out and you're like, damn, you know, and I know it's so and and sometimes it's the most blatant thing, but our minds actually correct things. And so so the I mean we go through a magazine, Mm -hmm. we proofread, proofread, Mm -hmm. I'll proofread, things will go out on a podcast, and then I'm like, oh crap, that word was spelt wrong and it was and maybe it became a different word that you didn't want. Uh Uh-oh. You know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, the word annual can become anal very quickly or, you know, or annul. And so you can be anal about finding annual, you know. Well, there was was a festival once in the magazine, Annual Hog Fest, H-A-W-G, was a motorcycle and somehow it got printed anal hog fest in our magazine <laughs> so this is what happens on your shows but i know lee doesn't mind if we're honest but no. this is this went out and there's a side of me that when i but know nancy know knew we had to correct that i think she just put it out there for fun it wasn't she far she from was known truth. you were so known for always hiding something in a publication some there's always like when she makes videos and stuff something weird will crop up so she's she's just she there's Nancy's legacy of you'll yeah. find something that you're not supposed to see. Disney artists did the same thing. A lot of uh, Disney art years ago, you know, here's the fairy tales and whatever. We'll have some th- some hidden phallic thingy in there. Anyway, I, yeah. Oh, now I'm gonna be looking oh, I, for it. Yeah, I was yeah. trained by Disney. But, so, okay, but that's a legacy you know. too. But this yeah. is a legacy if you think about pop culture. It's, and it's musicians and artists we're not just always it, talking corporate you know there's yeah. um, the latent surprise that's what they called it the latent surprise huh. yeah as long as it wasn't latex uh-oh no not see now i'm really latent. going down that road but yeah. but surprise but, like something that you watch it and you're like well, I do. I want to go touch back on this. again, and then you go back again, and and so that's when you get this right. Oh, that's what it means. Yeah, but so musicians have a hard time with this, and I think businesses too. And I know from Nancy and I, with we've had to go through everything in print changing. I mean, we've done everything from you know when she started the magazine in South Africa, not this magazine, but it was copy paste to she started printing her own film their type settings you know we went from non-computer to computer mm-hmm. to film to digital 
right? Which is a whole mm -hmm. other thing, yeah. you know? And then, then the big step when we had our print magazine in this country, we were emailing the art to our printer, but it would be, we had dial up because that's what we had. You know, we didn't know any that's better it. internet was there yet. And it would take three days of sitting on dial up and no one was allowed to phone the office because then everything would go down. Oh, so, no. you know what I mean? So this, and then, oh, we had overnighting. Do we overnight or do we email? Because it took the same amount of time. So, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden high speed internet started coming, cable. I mean, you've got to think about oh, all these things. Awesome. Then here comes social media and then podcasting, video making stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. we're print people. I mean, I learned how to copy, like typeset, like with the inky yeah. stuff and mm -hmm. glue. And that whole process is what I was trained as a kid to do to help her with her magazines yeah, and now my grandfather was a typesetter yeah. for the herald examiner so, so i think i got in our blood yeah. but so we've gone through these changes but we are still who we are we still no matter what we may have a business magazine and a travel magazine we're still big blend no matter what because we believe that you can't everything's connected right yeah so then in business businesses have to change and you can't buck the system. Like if people want to pay by credit cards and you decide to only be cash only, you're going to have a little bit of a harder time, right? And you can do incentives, but to say, oh, I'm only a cash only restaurant, it's going to be a little bit difficult when people are now just pushing a button on their phone even to pay you. Yeah. So there's these changes and there's changes in um, direction that an author will do. Um, they'll change pen names even over that. Musicians. I mean, you look at someone like David Bowie, who did different styles, Prince did different styles. So your legacy is, a, I know it's reputation, but you also don't want your legacy to be so pigeonholed. So no. you have to have that backbone, right, of integrity of this is who you are, but you are still able to do many things. Well, so that's kind of where I was going with that. Legacy as being an innovator. Mm. then you can't stand still you know when you when yeah. I think of when you when you said David Bowie I think mm. of David Bowie as he was an innovator in yeah. everything he did he was not just um not just his records but as an artist as a visual artist as a performance artist and so the one thing you know when I think of the legacy he left I I'd be interested in hearing what other people think, but when I think of someone like David Bowie, who was not just an artist, he was also, a, he hired, he had a huge, um, I would think, I don't know for sure, but I would think he had a number of people who worked for him. Mm -hmm. And his legacy with them might be different from the legacy that the public sees. Oh, sure. Mm. Sure, because one side's going to go on the music. Yeah. And what they see if they went to a performance, what they think of them as a person, whether or not they're correct, because they've never really met them, so they don't really know. Yeah. Then taking the factor of gossip columns and reading stories about musicians, that could give you a different outlook on specific people. Well, I mean, there was that era of trashing hotel rooms and all that seems yeah, to have stopped. And, and now I, I, I think that is um, not as allowed. And a, yeah. a friend, two, of, two of my closest friends are in the movie industry and they're, mm, you know, that's right. they do, they do um, a lot of work as part of the, the, the crew helping to 
put on the phone. And what I what I hear from them is that the biggest stars are also really nice people and treat mm-hmm. the crew beautifully. And the yeah. ones that have a long history, like they have a long um, career, are people who are are genuinely treating everyone quite nicely. And and I'm not going to name names, but they've talked about. You know, I've always said, who's the worst person that you've ever worked with? Mm. And they gave me the name of an actor who I haven't heard from in probably 20 years. And it was Mm. because they did things like they, um, you know, they're probably hanging out on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, spitting. They they spit on some of the crew if they weren't happy with them. And and, I mean, just absolutely atrocious things. That's then, degrading. That's so gross. Yeah, that makes, that, that makes the person less than a snake. That uh, the, the spitter. That, yeah, absolutely. That is gross. like, I'm sorry, that puts you down on the lowest level you can go. And then you hear about people like uh, Morgan Freeman and oh, Meryl Kevin Costner, and they me. said that they're just gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And Annette Benning, you know, like I've heard um, Kate Winslet, like they've worked with some like those actors and they they said that you couldn't meet nicer kinder people treated everyone really politely they were always you know like they were very intense they were professional but they treated people with respect and so the legacy that they will leave is not only were they consummate professionals and good at their craft they were good people as well Mm. And isn't that part of the legacy? I would think that as a leader, mm-hmm. you want to, you leave. You, yeah. Sure. So you were able to run this business. And, you know, we, we hear of the Elon Musks and some of the top people in the world, and they might be really good at business, but are they really good at being mm-hmm. human beings? Yeah. And that's the thing, because I think you can change, you can make changes in your direction. But it's about your integrity, that core of who you are and who you are is what's reflected in your business. And unless you're completely full of it, you know, you can't have multiple personalities. Well, some people can and do, yeah. which I always, you know, that's, you know, that's a that's a, a mental health uh, discussion that's separate. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I'm talking about somebody who's like really nice to their family and then gets to work and is mean or vice versa, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't work. You've got it. You are who you are. So it's about developing yourself and being conscious. And you can't be a conscious leader if you're not conscious about who you are first. When I started working in emotional intelligence, there's assessments that you can use. And so um, Mm. one of them, one of the first ones that came out and it's, it's highly validated and it's gone through um, all of the different tests that that an assessment has to go through to show that it actually tests what it's supposed to test. Mm. And I can remember administering it to a group of leaders when I was doing workshop mm. on emotional intelligence. And someone said, well, how do you want me to answer? Do you want me to answer as I would if, if I was um, in my personal life or on my business life? And I said, you wow. should answer as one person. Yeah. It should not oh, yeah. be this split personality. And they went, well, that's just ridiculous. I am different at work than I am at home. And I said, well, let's see if we can integrate so that you were one person. And it's a, you know, like that just astounded me because if you saw me perform and, and like, I've gotten to know the two of you just through this, 
through doing the interviews, mm -hmm. when I met you personally, you're exactly the same. You're just down mm -hmm. to earth. You're easy to talk to. You both have wicked senses of humor. It's not like you turn it on for the. Yeah, exactly. You get, you get, well, we just, we just had a meeting with a friend who's been on our show for since the beginning. We pretty much think mm -hmm. it's like within months. So 15, 16 yep. years, he's been on our show and we finally met him a couple days ago. Yeah, that was and fun. we met in a park for a picnic. You know, we had a good picnic, right? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and, no. and he's in the environment. I, you've probably been on a show with him and Mike Dunmire. And, and we just recorded a show with him yesterday. And we're like, it was so weird. It's like we all met and we'd done a Zoom, but he's always been audio most of the life, but we've always had each other's pictures and whatever. But it was so funny because we met and we just continued the same conversation, just got, deep, you know what I mean? There was, it was just like when we met you, it just, all right. It's, it just nothing. It wasn't it's like we we'd missed you. a beat, you know, yeah, but it was really like great to meet in person, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But, but it was like, it wasn't any, I don't know. It just, you just keep going. Steve Schneider, our Hollywood historian, same thing, you know, as we travel the country, finally get to meet people and it's really cool. But then at the same time, you know, you have this authentic connection. Other, you know, when you want to meet someone, you already have something in that way, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, it's cool when people are just who they are. And obviously, you know, we watch our language a little bit on podcasts sometimes. Really? And then, you know, we might be a little naughtier. Uh, you know, that's it. It's your, it's, it should be how hot or cold you get in. Yeah. That's yeah. about it. You know, and I think, um, I don't know if I've discussed this on one of the other shows, but I've had the conversation about what you want people to say about you. Mm. And I remember talking to one fellow and he said, well, I want them to say that, you know, I was fair and he had all of these really positive things. And then he, and, and one of them was, I want to have my family say that I was a really good parent, that I was a great father. And I knew that this person was someone who worked 50 plus hours a week. Wow. And I said, so what would you believe your family would say about you? Mm -hmm. And then I asked him to go and talk to them and say, like, mm -hmm. and ask questions that don't lead it. It's like, so do you think I'm a good father? Which is a very leading conversation. Mm -hmm. That's it almost was, a challenge. Yeah. What do you think is most important to me? And their kids said work. Mm -hmm. It wasn't them. It wasn't the mm -hmm. family. And he was, he said, but everything I do, I do for my family. I work these long hours for my family. So you have to, you know, and, and so it's a hard, if yeah, it, like life is not easy. You have to decide, okay, so if you only can have five hours a week with your family, if that's it, then make those five hours count. Well, I'm so tired because I've worked so hard. Don't bug me. Get out of the room. I'm going to need watch to watch TV because I'm bagged. No. Hmm. Say, okay, you're really important to me. Let's find something that's a lot of fun that maybe replenishes me. So maybe it's a, a game of mini golf, whatever. So if you're going to leave a legacy, you want to have a well-rounded legacy. And if you've hmm. only got a few hours to spend with your family, how do you want to spend them? Mm -hmm. And if you're telling them to quit bugging you because you're tired, is that really yeah. your good father image and put the phone down 
What's that? Put the, put the phone yeah, down. The, phone down. the new yeah. legacy for um, our younger people now is going to be their phone style. <laughs> yeah. How fast you can text. I mean, without it, typos. I think, I think in yeah. the future, if you think about it, people are going to be born with either a phone in their ear or on their hand. And it won't be a separate device. It'll be part of their body. No, we're just going to be born with like a Bluetooth thing in our ear. Yeah. Because, I mean, it. So in, and it's funny because one of the things about um, the older phones with an answering machine was so you didn't have to instantly answer every call. But you wouldn't lose a call. See, and that was a great invention, the answering machine. And I know phones have them, but for some reason, people don't seem to use them that much. They just feel this, I got to pick it up. It's almost like this is a baby. It's crying. Do something. But it's yeah. not, I don't know. People don't, in, people don't seem to answer phones unless they have your phone number programmed into their phone. Because then you're oh, getting yeah. all the calls from other countries selling you stuff. And I know some people that if, if they're, you know, I have friends, if their child doesn't answer right away, they're upset because they believe that their child sees every call. And if it's not answered right away, it's a rejection of them. And you just oh, get over yourself. That, that's my kind of a helicopter. Answer. That's helicopter yeah. parenting. But that's mechanical. Yeah. It's a mechanical device, you know, so you can't trust it forever all the and time you're supposed to have a life you know other than the notice what what scares me is like you know I, I wonder about the the heads of these social media companies when oh, they go gosh. their legacy is going to be that you got people addicted to ding ding dings like casino machines yeah oh that sounds like a good part of a song hey it's a it's ding ding ding, ding, ding when when a musician, so yeah. that you can write that lisa <laughs> yeah ding ding but, ding when the, and, and boy will i have a good title for it too <laughs> i think i might have to go back into punk rock but <laughs> but but i think that's the thing is what are you are you building a company like when you talk about companies is it profit 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 that's oh. an obvious thing you want a business to be sustainable be profitable so it has money, you know, room to grow and to pay people, et cetera. But are you mm. taking your profits and being really stupid about it and not giving back? I mean, I think we've got this huge argument in this country. And I want to go to all these big, you know, ogliarchs and billionaires and everything. And, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't make money, but are you sleeping? Maybe you are sleeping well because you can take whatever you want. You can, you know, have your luxury linens. But mm. Are you doing this with integrity? Are you making money with integrity? Do you feel, does your soul feel good about it? Are you leaving a legacy of, I ran, I created this amazing company and maybe employ a thousand, 10,000, 20,000, a hundred thousand people. I don't care how big it is, these giants, but are you mm -hmm. treating your people well? Are you making them clock in and out every time they go to the bathroom? Oh, you, you took an extra minute to pee today. I mean, we're getting to this point of, I wonder about these huge corporations, Are how is their legacy in regards to how they're treating their employees? 
you know, okay, and okay. there's diversification coming in. There's a lot of positives, mm. but at the end of the day, with what um, should actually almost be illegal is not illegal, and it's kind of it's kind of it's wonky right now. But I wonder about when you set up to do your business. What was it that drove you to start this business? You know, look it's at, exciting to at, start. Look at some of the the leaders. Okay. Um, I'm going to go back to Richard Branson. Oh, he's cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, that's your first thing. Okay. Now I say Richard Branson, you go, he's cool. Jeff Bezos. No. <laughs> See, but that's my personal okay. opinion. Okay. I know. But now based on news stories of what they do and how they well, act. Well, I just think of his comment when he went up in space and spent, you know, millions and millions and millions and then thanked all of the people who spent money so he could go up in space. I mean, he was so tone deaf to how people are who are struggling. And he was kind of, from, from again, my opinion, bragging about how he could do whatever he wanted on the backs of people who did all of the sweat equity to get him there. Tried to have a historic bridge dismantled so he could get his dumb yacht through. And it. he got rid of Amazon Smiles program so for I'm nonprofits. Sorry, to me, he is lower than the lowest. Yeah. Well, I, okay, I, but but I, I don't. Yeah. South yeah. African saying, "I spit on your vital parts." Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right. All right, but 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 that my point was leaving a legacy. Is that what you want? People, you know, saying that's things like Nancy. That's how I feel about that. You know legacy. what I mean? Whereas Richard Branson's done so much for nonprofits. And, you mm -hmm. know, when he went for his first bank loan, he walked in. He was mm -hmm. really young, I think. And he, he was he started off as a magazine person. Mm -hmm. he, was, he was a magazine guy. And and I encourage people to read his biography, Losing My Virginity. It's really it's mm -hmm. it's awesome. He mm -hmm. um he's done records, obviously, with Virgin and Airfly, everything. But he's always had that thing of going back. But, you know, he walked into his bank barefoot in jeans mm -hmm. to go get a, his first loan. You know, he was, you know, naive. Funny. But he but he did manage to get one. I, I don't know if it was mm -hmm. the first time or the second time he learned, but he did get one to get started. Oh. And he always says that our industry, he, he takes his hat off because it's hard, hard, hard work with deadlines and, and, and all of that. But he... um. I think he was the first publisher I could really resonate with, but he gives back. He does, he, he treats mm -hmm. people as a team and not like a, yeah. you know, we're all here to grow together. What can we do? What is your best role here? You know, he's, he's amazing. So he's, he is a business person with a legacy that I think yeah. I could say we and can learn from, what, you know, as we've been talking, I, I kind of realized that, not everyone cares that people have a good opinion of them. That's not what they that's really care true. about as far as their legacy. Oh, that's true. And so when, when I, I think, think of the so Bezos and the um, Musks and, you know, mm -hmm. the people at that level, do they really care whether or not they're liked or disliked? That's no. not part of what they want as their legacy. I think but in the same Musk regard, what young. I have to say, Sorry, what's that, Nancy? I say I think Elon Musk hasn't grown up mentally yet. On the one hand, he's got the scientific brain, but on the emotional and other side of his brain isn't 
at the same he's level. He's neurodiverse, so he's autistic. So, so that explains yeah, part of it. Yeah, but I so, do. I did watch an interview with him, and I could mm, see that he actually, um, when he wanted to start, uh, I think he wanted to start um, a, a space program, mm -hmm. and he was so hurt that the scientists that he had so much respect for went, "Oh hell no!" Mm. And so I, I think that I, I think even. I, I don't think he often gets how he insults people because he might not mm -hmm. make that connection. Yeah. But I do think that he actually cares. And as far as his legacy, well, I think that we might see it evolve. I'm hoping yeah. that we see yeah, it evolve. I think, I think he's so young um, that I'm not just speaking young age-wise, no, I uh, absolutely agree. Yeah. He's very immature. That he, he's, he's very, very immature, immature. And I think that he spent so much time on this side of his brain that the other side will have a chance later to catch up and eventually yeah. what, what we see now and what we see 10 years from now will be a totally different person. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Maybe 20 years. Well, like, you know, but that's longer. the thing. But the evolving thing, that's a good way to, to close this is that when you take that time to step back like what lee says mm -hmm. and write down what your legacy is what is what do you care about in your business your personal life and who and you are as an individual have to get get you there and yeah for people who haven't just to, to close it off i'd like to just yeah. remind people about the five yeah of trust because they should be part of your legacy and how you like what are the behaviors for each of them so caring commitment consistency competence and communication how do you show people you care? Yeah. How do you show consistency? Is what you're mm -hmm. saying and what you're doing consistent? Mm -hmm. You know, are you competent? Are you, and if you're not competent as a leader, do you have people who have that competence who can do what you need to get done? Yeah. You know, and communicate. Make sure that you're communicating and mm -hmm. people know where you stand. Like all of those things together, mm -hmm. depending on what you want as your legacy, you have to factor those five tenets to create a really solid legacy as far as, well, of course I think that I'm the trust architect. Well, <laughs> but the thing is you can change and evolve like we're talking yeah. that that is change can be made. I mean, when you talk about consistency, if you're consistently being a Bezos, you may want to change course, <laughs> move your yacht a different direction and like don't take down a bridge. Though. I really think she's a she lady. I think, I think he is also in his own way. Evil. I don't know. I don't know, but um, yeah. That's not what the show is about to sit and gossip about people that have millions and billions of dollars. Yeah. And, and yeah, you honestly, know, but, sure. um, but yeah, no, no, but Lee it is always a pleasure to have you on the mm -hmm. show. Everyone Lee's article is up on blend radio and tv.com. Just type in legacy and Lee it's L E A. You can also go to the trust architect.biz mm -hmm. to keep up with Lee. She's always got some great resources on her website and of course, get her two books. Trust me. And the other one is trusted. And um, she is here every third uh, Thursday. And of course, um, when it comes to her also being a end of life doula, you can go to her website, souljourneydoula.com. I know we're going to be talking more about that in some of the upcoming months Absolutely. because it is quite fascinating and in a very important role um, to be, you know, connected with someone on their last uh, plane on this, this, this present earth of what we have. But um, 
Anyway, thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Lee. Keep up with thank us you. at BigBlendRadio.com.